0: Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love. Break them apart. To find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined again by my co-host, by my co-host and friend, Alice Dandina.
1: I like how you're not even going to re-
0: give the reveal. That's good. Nice. Nope. I was going to... Okay. My friend who wears Tiger jam, No, because then you're the Tiger Jammies guy. Nope. Skip it. All right. As always, if you like the show, and we hope you do, please take a second and leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcast app. That helps us out a ton. Those rating and reviews help us find new audience. For those of you who have been doing it, really, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you very much. Uh, We appreciate it. Thank you. Also, you can see our faces as well as hear our voices on YouTube, Nerd Alchemist. That's plural with an S at the end. Also, you can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. If you have ideas for movies, themes, double features, guest hosts, anything like that. We've actually gotten a ton of great ones lately. So good. So keep those coming. I promise you, they're all on a list somewhere, and hopefully someday we will hack through all of them. Um. That's what we're here for this week, though. Also, find us on your socials. You know the drill. Uh, we're in the middle, nearing the end, actually, of Listener Select Month. And you guys came through in a big way. You gave us some awesome movies this month. Uh, so today, we're here to talk about The Skin I Live In. And I must say, uh, this was this was suggested to us by a, a listener on Twitter, one of our Twitter friends. Edith is the name and it's anchors up or at anchors up. No, that's Bill Maher. Why the fuck at anchors up un- <laughs> at anchors underscore up. Oh, eight. Jesus. It's harder to read uh tweet tweet handles out loud. Anyways, thank you, Edith for thank the skin you. I live in. I will say this. It's almost as if Edith had a little, uh, psychic connect with the old Griffy Griffy lizard mind and knew exactly the kind of movies I love. And as soon as it was over, I, I, just kind of like looked around befuddled how the hell had I never seen the skin I live in <laughs> this is such a prime movie for me I don't know to be honest I don't know that I'd ever really heard of it I think I, I assumed it was kind of an eyes without a face knockoff and it just kind of came and went for me I, and I'm appalled Alex what were your thoughts watching the skin I live in
1: I mean I love Pedro Almodovar he's one of my favorite foreign directors I mean, just one of my favorite directors in general. Like I, all his stuff is, it's interesting because I texted you and you were like, I can't believe I never saw this. I'm like, I watched probably the first 10 minutes of it. Like when it first came on streaming and then I just like kind of didn't watch it because I'm (laughs) lazy that way. But like, I love talk to her. I love women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Like all his movies are so great and they all are Griffy picks. I'm not sure why you haven't watched All of Almodovar movies, because honestly, they are like all right up your alley. But this one particularly is like if David Cronenberg grew up in Madrid and then decided to make movies, this is like the movie he would have made. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, this one, this one is hard because it starts off and for a minute, you know, the first like 15, 20 minutes, I was like, this feels like the greatest updated version of a universal monster movie. I was yeah. like, there is some awesome, like, kind of mad science. I was getting universal, like, monster uh, vibe out of it, mm-hmm. right? Then all of a sudden it switches, and you're like, oh, this is very Hitchcockian. Okay, like a little revenge thriller. Like I'm in. And by the end, you're just like, I did not see that. <laughs> like, I, I hesitate because I don't even know how the best. I was I was saying this on Twitter. This is one of those movies, the rare movies that actually sent me to paper and pencil. Because I had to do a plot map. Because I watched it and I was just like, what? Because we start off in a world that seems like one thing. And then we do this six years previous jump, which I remember in the middle of the movie being very upset about. I was like, what? This movie just got so interesting. So Mm -hmm. much shit is happening. And now you're taking me back six years and you're violating a Griffey rule, which is look at the hard life of these rich people at an opulent party. I'm like, fuck these rich people. I was like, I want to get back to the present day. Like, you know, and see the fallout. I was, I was, I was honestly expecting by the end of the movie. You're like, Oh shit.
1: (laughs) I was expecting a text. When that happened, I told, because Andrea and I watched it together and I told Andrea, I was like, when, they go, when they go six years back, he's going to text me and be like, fuck this movie. We have to go back in time to talk about it. right in the middle of like when things were getting good, I'm like I'm waiting for the text. It never came because I think they captured your interest because again, <laughs> this is a great movie and it's interesting because I'm not sure enough people talk about this Almodovar movie because everyone like his big hits are really like women on the verge of a Nervous breakdown. Talk to her and Volvedo. Those are the ones that everyone just loves. This actually reminded me a lot of one of my all-time favorites by him which is Tie Me Up Tie Me Down, which is another bandera's one that he did like early 90s which is another like weird like sort of Stockholm syndrome captor captive type thing and yeah. it's fascinating because like it's almost like an updated version but Antonio Banderas plays a completely different version of the character he played in Tie Me Up Tie Me Down. It's so good. And It took me by surprise, man, because I've seen Almodovar do some weird things in movies like talk to her has one of the most bizarre uh, semi flashback like fake storytelling devices that I've ever seen in a movie. This tops it by far 1000%. It's so fascinating.
0: I mean, this is I, I was trying to think back, but this as far as I can remember the, the reveal of a movie, which comes, let's say, two-thirds into the movie is when we know. Maybe even the halfway mark is when we find out. Kind of, yeah. It so insanely rewrites the first half of the movie. Yeah. And it's it's hard because there are so many movies that have big reveals, right? I guess you would say something like The Sixth Sense rewrites mm-hmm. the whole movie. And you're like, not. it's not necessarily rewriting... All of the meanings, right? You're like, Bruce Willis is still trying to help this kid. Right. Just, he a ghost instead of, you know, he's yeah. a sad divorce dude. And no. you're like, that's a big POV shift. But I'm like, he's still on the same mission. Yeah, no, not this, this one. This one changes the motivation of all of these fucking characters. The chorus correction I mean, yeah, because it, it essentially at the start feels very much like the 2020 invisible man, even which is Hmm? a kept woman by a neurotic controlling plastic surgeon playing God. He's watching her on the TV, which those are some of my favorite beautiful moments is the way he's like watching her. It's, it's just this disturbing this, this movie is full of just constant disturbing imagery of, our ability to be safe in our own body and skin, as it were, uh, being taken away constantly, right? Right. And I think the TVI is a great way to do that because now that we've gotten through the movie a little bit... By the way, spoilers, if you haven't seen this, you should watch this. Um, It's impossible for us to talk about without spoilers. Yeah, So please go watch The Skin I Live In. I'm assuming you'll love it. Um, So now that those people have left us and hopefully are rejoining... You might have to front load this episode. Once we get to the point... (laughs) Yeah right. <laughs> it is truly an impossible film to talk about without addressing that. But yeah. it goes from a man who maybe is controlling someone. We get hints of maybe death, and there's a lot of these kind of Hitchcockian. Maybe this is the thing. Maybe that. And then when it is unveiled, I mean, it's it's stunning. Yeah, and the the way it turns the movie because. We watched the first half of the movie as this is a man utterly infatuated, but not just infatuated, in love with the person on the other side of that TV screen. Yes. Then to come to find out this is the man that he is blaming for the loss of the last vestige of his family. Yeah. It's it's. It's almost incomprehensible. Oh, it's right? No, no. no. Like, it's, it's not. It's almost, amazing how well it works at I wanna, rewriting I the first half you. of the movie.
1: It's not almost incomprehensible. It is incomprehensible. If you guessed that that was what was going on earlier in the movie and you like figured it out before the sure. reveal, I actually think you should go seek professional help because if that's where your brain is, then you're basically as bad as Antonio
0: Banderas in this movie. Like
1: I'm actually a
0: little bit disappointed in myself that I did not snag this one.
1: There's no way. I'm usually pretty
0: good on the uptake.
1: You are very good on the uptake. There's no evidence. There's There's no contextual evidence. (laughs) There's absolutely no evidence whatsoever until until it's revealed revealed that Vicente is in the dungeon and you see the color of his eyes. That is the only indication. That is the only visual indication of what's about to happen to him. And, again...
0: Well... I mean, that's the thing. Once he's in the dungeon, you start to get an idea. You're like, because this is something I was trying to remember, is it felt like earlier in the movie they disguised their their big reveal by saying, um, this one can make it. Vera's a born survivor, right? Right. Letting us know that there were other experiments, right? Right. What we don't realize is that what he's talking about is the other people in his orbit that have committed suicide because of tragedies brought on upon them. So I think in a way they even mask us from assuming that this is, that, that it is Vincent. I mean, they well, do show us in the dress shop when he's like, try this on and drapes it over himself. I'm like, I wonder if you could have gotten it. Well I I don't want to say it's impossible. I wonder if you could have gotten
1: it. Well, I would actually go further than that. I'd say when he says this one's a survivor, I would say it's because of everything he's put her he's put her through that. That's why he says that. But because we're in this weird sci-fi realm of uh, synthetic skin and all this other stuff, and this is the plastic surgeon, you assume, because you have no idea this is where this is gonna come from, you assume there's been other experience. Like my wife and I, like Andrea was literally like every five minutes coming up with the, like she's like, It's a clone. She's a clone, she's like the only successful clone.
0: Or yeah, I was doing that too. I was trying to figure out what I thought was happening. I I'll, and then there's this. I just the, assumed the scene it was really her. threw me right. Well, the soon that threw me was when uh, he walks in because he just casually is like, "Oh, your nightly opium hit," <laughs> right? And I was like, "Damn, dude, you're making you're making this creation smoke it like she's like trash. Like, at least be classy and have syringes around. your medical professional." <laughs> And i was like what is that because then we cut to the school and he's like oh the skin is insect proof and the skin is whatever and i was like there's some horrible next level science going on little did i know how right i was perhaps truth um but there's a scene when when uh vera is talking to uh, the doctor and she's like you know i was created why can't we live together and you know she's kind of coming on to him she's like i was created to fill your every desire right i believe is how it's phrased or to your specification right and this is the the insane part is watching that as an audience i think they're turning our own preconceived notions about sexuality in a movie against us right definitely, definitely. And that's the thing I, I wanted to ask my friend i have a friend dylan who um has gone through transitioning right as a transgender uh, man i wonder if this falls into that category right i don't i don't know if it is because it was a forced upon him but i think what it is is it's the kind of thing that we don't see explored in movies very often so this is weaponized against us where of course if this is a woman that he designed of course he designed it only to fuck of (laughs) course because that's the movie that we're used to seeing all the time right the idea that because this is i mean essentially if we break it down this is a man that had an encounter with his daughter where it seemed like perhaps they were going to have sex. Uh, The daughter is still traumatized from seeing the death of the mother freaks out and attacks him and he doesn't want to stop. And then he hits her and knocks her out and drives away. So a dad seeks revenge by catching. Just let me know if any of this is wrong. Seeks revenge by catching the man, bringing him to the house. And again, this is such a, a non-american revenge movie which is i am going to do to your body in a way what you did to my daughter right i will make you feel the loss of your safety in your body and this and that and then we get to the vagina right and he starts crafting him into this woman so in this regard of him crafting this man who he you know this man who assaulted his daughter into a woman is a very different kind of revenge story than we normally see. Yeah. What makes it the extra layer though, right? Because it starts off and it's just, there's this scene of Vincent trying to stand on a chair to see what has been done to him, right? Right. The the difference that's happened, right? So we get some of that. The, The part of the movie that adds all of these extra layers later on is he decides to give... Vera the face of his wife And this I don't this one I don't know that I've all the way come to grips with what exactly that is to mean and what I'm to glean from that
1: I mean it's uh I mean it's it functions twofold like it's fascinating to me like again this is a this movie to me is all about the ability that, the, the the ability that, is it Robert? It's, it's weird that that's the character's name, but it's crazy to me that Antonio Banderas' character in a Spanish-language movie from Spain's name is Robert. But in any sense, Robert's...
0: Roberto.
1: Right. I mean, it's interesting. Like, Robert's motivation is definitely revenge. Like, the only caveat to your explanation, I would say, is that um, I believe Norma, his daughter, wakes up while he is on top, like he's trying to help revive her and she makes the assumption that he tried to sexually assault her as well so that is why she's like her repulsed by his okay,
0: touch okay so i i didn't make it i didn't make it that she thought her dad had assaulted her i thought that after that she was repulsed by all touch
1: i think she's repulsed specifically by his touch like that's why he is completely alone uh, like his wife vera is dead that's why he so that to me is, gotcha. like, the movie's theme is a, to me is about wielding this sort of godlike power you have to right the wrongs of the past. It's basically like time traveling almost, but you're not time traveling. You're basically bringing the past to you. You're bringing the past forward itself. So to rectify, Right, I mean, in a
0: way, Vera just becomes this walking avatar for- Absolutely. All of the trauma in his life. But this right. this is what I what I took that is so different about this movie and why I think it becomes so memorable and entertaining and interesting is imagine that you lost your wife in a car accident right she's mm-hmm. fucking the tiger king she dies in a fiery crap well she doesn't die she gets pulled out so. Robert this is okay let me give me a sec i have to unpack a lot there's a lot going on so robert is confronting the fact that he is a plastic surgeon whose entire job is to make women feel that their bodies and what they were born as is unacceptable right right the one time that a woman truly needs the the help of a plastic surgeon right this tragedy has befallen her he does not he or he does not or is unable to help her right he just comes in and i believe he has the line i like the smell of the burning flesh that he enjoys her suffering so when his his work as a plastic surgeon can actually help he is reveling in the fact that she is this charred version of herself right and then again he's too late to help his daughter Because he's talking to one of these women, you know, that he's helped. And she's talking about how, you know, he helped save her marriage. He goes outside and his daughter is now traumatized. So the the notion, period, that his job is to make these women feel unacceptable and then doesn't help his wife is really interesting when you juxtapose that to. So why the man that you want to take revenge on for making you lose the last thing you have, which is your daughter. Who you traumatized by You know, bringing the mom into that house and making her suffer. Right. Why? Why is his revenge to turn this this man, this villain, as he sees him, into the woman that he loved most? Well, that is I- the thing where I, I it feels that that one I I didn't. I wasn't able to wrap my head around because it's it's revenge, but not in a normal sense. It's almost like revenge and lust at the same time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think it functions twofold. I I think the idea to me is that Robert's season means to an end. So what he's able to do is, one, take out all his frustration, everything that has happened in his life, all of the – like this is a guy who (laughs) – as we find out earlier in the movie, this is a guy who's had, like, a charmed life, really. So for him to encounter all this sadness is something that probably he, A, was never equipped to handle emotionally. But also, he simply cannot He simply cannot give up. I think that's the thing that is really fascinating to me about his character in general. is His inability to actually throw his hands up and say that's, like, towards the beginning of the movie when he's discussing and describing to everyone, like, like when he's in that symposium and telling everyone what he's done uh he gets into an argument and he's like where with a colleague where he says like we have to push this forward we have to be able to experiment on humans because that's the be- like that's like we can't just let the light of we can't let you know protocol and all this other shit actually stop us from discovering what could actually help people and so on and so forth so to me it functions as Yes, there is a lust element, but I would even go further than that. Lust is too simple an emotion, I think, for Robert in this movie. I think it's a longing, and a um, it's a longing for some semblance of the past that worked for him when he was happier, when he when everything was more pleasant. And on top of that, taking out all your frustration on Vicente for what he perceives as essentially ruining his ruining his what was left of his decent life. So if everything's taken from you, why wouldn't you take from something else? It's it's a great – to me, it's a great like –
0: This is – I mean, it is – I guess what you would say, right? See if this adds up for you, which is he's mad at Vicente for what he did to his daughter and the fate that became his daughter. Sure. So he's going to put Vicente – make him feel unsafe in his body the way that he did – To his daughter, right? Yes. And so he gives him the face of the woman that he most loves, but also most harmed him by cheating. And again, we don't know what Robert did to, you know, make this kind of marriage fall apart or what hand he had. It's not always someone did something, right? They deserve to get cheated on. But I'm not sure. But what his hand in was it? And so maybe he's bonding the two of their sins against him together. Because, again, he when we watch that opening half, I think it's a really interesting decision to put that in the front, right? Because you could make this movie a slow burn where we start six years ago at a party and the first kind of big inciting incident is this assault. And you could tell the movie that way. I think we intentionally start where we do so that it is extra crystallized in our mind that this is a romantic entanglement with these two. Right. Oh, yeah. I think that I mean, is a that's wildly a very, important moment.
1: It's a because very if you important just play thing. it
0: straight. Chronologically by the time we get to the end and he's like, yeah, I buried tiger King. Let's roll in the hay. That seems yeah. really Ooh. out of place.
1: I think that, if you do this, if you're doing what you're suggesting, like starting this movie chronologically, like six years ago, I actually think you lose a lot of the, uh, I think that Robert becomes a really unsympathetic person very quickly. And like on the wrong note too. Here's why. Here's why though. I think that by doing this chronologically, you see what Robert's capable of. So as soon as Robert falls in love with Vera you you don't see it anywhere near like you only see it as possessive love it's not romantic it's not longing it's not any sort of mystery what's going on the thing is right. is that when you leave it up when you leave it up to the audience at the beginning of like Vera and him trying to be intimate trying to his obsession with her obviously is creepy anyways. And I'm not saying that's p- particularly yeah. romantic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this is like the, uh, you know, you've got mail version of the movie that you're pitching. <laughs> you've got mail. <laughs> just kidding. It's opium. right?
1: <laughs> Holy shit. I, yeah, that's another thing. I'm not sure I've ever seen opium smoked openly like that in a movie. Um, yeah. But that just I happens th- when you're rich. But I think, yeah, I know. It's just rich people shit. I think that if you do this movie like that let
0: me ask you this though let me let me push back a hair there's emotional relevance you said perhaps what what i think though is when i was listening to what you're saying though is i think if you play it chronologically you give robert sympathy because then he's a father of a wrong daughter right and it, it kind of makes sense that he's when you start the movie on he's the guy who just has a woman in like the zipper spanks in a room where she can't get out and her only jaunt is like you can have opium but don't give me opinions i didn't create a woman to hear her opinions <laughs> so the way they do it non-chronologically robert has zero sympathy from us he's already a monster yeah
1: i'm not sure he's right? sympathetic and then at they all
0: introduce others yeah no like zero percent to me in this movie i think
1: either way i, I don't mean, think he necessarily before, has the sympathy attached he... to it I think the reveal provides us with a little the reveal of what Vera is provides us with like the weirdest like dual Stockholm centrum ever when you think back on the scenes. Yeah, and before. again,
0: let me be clear. Yeah, let me be clear. I'm absolutely in favor of them not doing it chronologically. Right, right, right. I just, I just think the most important aspect they added was this romantic subtext to the the evil that he is committing sure i could i think that because that's the thing i think if you did this like when we did uh the vanishing right spur loose spur we did that when we watched the uh, yeah when we watched the american remake and even looked at the poster you're like oh yeah that's the version of that movie we get and i feel like if this was made here you don't get all this oh no it's just not ground that we do i mean and i think that is the important thing is they steer into the this is a man who wants revenge right Right. against this man for hurting his daughter. And what I guess we need to get to is, does he want revenge against his wife? Right. And he thinks this is a twofold because in a way he's, he's sacrilegiously assaulting her image. Right. I guess the perfect image she had, which is weird because that already happened in the fire.
1: Well, think of it this way though. Like, if yes, obviously like her image, her very visage burns up in the fire. So by yeah. duplicating it and not only duplicating it, but by duplicating it, using the like using her as a husk and literally encasing yeah. like because I think a lot about the title, like the title kept popping up to me while we were watching the movie and like the skin I live in like. The husk of his wife that he encases this man in. So that he's essentially, he has to spend, like, he has to spend the rest of his life as this, not even like as this man's wife, but as this representation of his failure as a husband to begin with. That might be even more damning than simply having to become another person altogether and hold on to your sanity in the process. You have to yeah. become this. You have to become this representation, this avatar, like you were saying, of infidelity, of failure, of uh, uh, of death, like all these things simply because you I mean, not simply. I mean, I I don't know. It's very it's actually unclear whether or not Vicente actually did anything.
0: it's all very wild, cause to me the 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 movie's title applies to everyone. Right? Totally,
1: one hundred percent. I mean,
0: Robert Robert is stuck in the skin of this successful surgeon, but he couldn't help anyone he wanted. Uh, the Tiger King, right? They show him as like, oh, he was just you know he got the short end of the stick, right? You know he had to run away and be poor at a young age, and you know found crime. That the housekeeper who has to raise her son, who doesn't know he's her son, and that the Tiger King's her brother uh vera obviously in a big way it's but i mean obviously like the biggest scene of the skin there, there's a moment in the movie that i found absolutely haunting it's just devastating in its effectiveness which is when they she's telling the story right after tiger king is attacked <laughs> and we're out by the the fire right the burning pit yeah, yeah, uh you know and she's explaining you know oh they were siblings blah 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 And she starts talking about what happened to the mother. In that scene, it has this really just awesome kind of driving piano horror movie track going. And the mom walks out because she's drawn to the one good thing in her life, right? right? Which is her daughter. She hears her daughter singing. And in the course of that, walks out and sees her reflection and is so aghast at her new gnarled visage that she jumps to her death right in front of her fucking daughter. Yeah. While Not only are they cutting back to the old (laughs) lady's just face, you know, her crushed emotional response to all of this tragedy, but imagine that moment that this woman is drawn to what should and could be the best thing in her life, right? This beautiful little girl singing. But by seeing that she has lost her looks, decides... Fuck it, I'll jump and traumatize right. that kid forever that says a fucking lot about a woman who was married to a plastic surgeon and and that's the i wish we would have gotten one more scene to, of her and robert engaging and so we could get some basis for her i mean perhaps the whole point of this is that we see her face is on this sympathetic body so it I mean, that, it just felt like there, there was a little disconnect to me in this, right? Where it's, obviously her looks meant an enormous amount to her. She was probably in a lot of pain and realized what her life was going to look like. She took her life. Right. And we play that as kind of a vanity moment in that period, I feel like. And then we just watch this other person be crafted. In a way, I think the way I looked at it is it was Robert crafting a wife the way he wanted her. Oh totally because now she's trapped in she's stuck uh she can't run back to society because who would believe her right it's perhaps that was it right it's this is his chance because i think you said earlier playing god perhaps what he's really just doing here is trying to recreate his wife in a version that he can control and micromanage
1: well yeah i mean i think that that's this everything's about control in this movie like But that is, that is like chiefly amongst all of the control being wielded in this film. That is the center focus to me is that Robert is creating, Robert is crafting a person. Robert is crafting a person in his own image of what he thinks his wife should have been. Like, even if uh, his wife Gal, even his wife Gail hadn't killed herself. She still would have been a version that was imperfect, whether or not he cared about her. Like if he had not cared about her looks at all, she still would have been a version that he I was think not.
0: He, I think the movie tells us he was really happy that she was burnt. I think so. And too. Punished
1: 100 percent.
0: He's obviously very into punishments in this movie. Yes.
1: Yes. Good point. Yeah, I mean, I think that... (laughs) Yes, there's certainly... If there's one character in this movie who loves punishing people, it is certainly Robert. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's such a fascinating... It's such a fascinating thing to, like, sit here and talk about the control that people wield in this film, and then also just in general, like, the control people have to wield in this movie. I mean... Vicente Vera's life alone requires so much control because she could so easily, he or she, whichever, I mean, Vicente could so easily. I mean, I
0: feel like he still thinks he's a he. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But was encased in this woman's body. That's why I was going to ask my friend Dylan, who's transitioned what he thought watching this movie. I think that would be a really interesting. It would be a very fascinating. I mean,
1: I think any, I think anybody who's transitioned, this would be a fascinating question. I mean, I think a lot of the time you'd find that, and I don't want to,
0: I, I would say this is a, a non hip to the process and everything that transgender community goes through. Is this even one of those things where it's the fact that he's weaponizing the sex change against a guy? Is that, not acceptable to the train. I I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. I, this I, is what is happens in this movie though, is it forces us. What I was struck by is just how glad I am that this was not an American film.
1: I think what's fascinating. I, for I me, keep
0: coming back to that. Cause I just don't, well, I, I need that room to explore, which I don't think enough of our movies do.
1: Well, and I think that's interesting. You bring that up. Cause Dre and I, after we finished the movie last night, had like a 20 minute conversation about, this movie and how it would actually function. Cause like I thought, I thought the first thing I thought of was spur loose and the vanishing. I was like, yeah. Okay. They remade spur loose, but they did it in this way that was really <laughs> poorly managed towards the end. Like it's not, it's Americanized. Yeah. So like there's a happy ending, you know, there's no version of this movie that is a happy ending. Like this movie loses all impact if you take away the big reveal. And I mean, again, I can't speak for the trans community. So, I won't, but like it seems that in the context it might be a little insulting in a way, but at the same yeah, time, yeah, my
0: takeaway is this is not a transgender person. Right. right? I, I don't that think so either, but Vera like and forced Vincent say or not. Right. Yeah. So
1: forced transition seems like it would be probably not just like insult uh, not insulting but also pretty horrifying and like psychologically right. scarred. Well, this
0: movie also has an enormous subplot of you talked about power, and I think that's really interesting. Every man character in the movie is constantly walking around, swinging it, trying to, you know, release energy upon others, right? Right. Like, I will assert my power, right? The Tiger King and Robert, the little fucking uh, bad haircut creep from the Science Festival, or I guess they're not called festivals, Science Gathering, something professional. Symposium. Uh, you know, they all are, even Vincent, Vicente before... He does this. Why don't you dress like this? Why don't you stop being a lesbian and date me? Right. Right. So even he, before he is uh, changed, he is doing that same thing. Right. Right. Whereas every woman in the movie is the victim of all the people around them making the power. Right. Think of the the housekeeper. Right. Who's forced to like watch her sons do battle. Even her own sons don't respect her body. And she gave birth to them. Right. Right um you know his indignities towards his wife and uh the daughter with Vicente and there there's just this like one of the scenes that even struck me even Vicente's mom going to the police and just begging begging for help to find her son and they're pretty much what do you want he's he's gone yeah and you're like that's the shittiest police work i've ever seen in a movie and we've seen a lot of them but you're like they they're just not int- this woman just desperately crying right. that she needs help finding her son and they're just like no
1: Surprisingly, the the the, movie
0: plays with that all of the time.
1: Well, no. And I mean, I think that's the fascinating. That is the fascinating dimension of this movie is the gender. I wouldn't say stereotypes, but sort of the general reactions the world has to certain gender. Like we all react to Robert's discovery of this synthetic skin that's resistant to bug bites and all this other stuff as sort of this like, oh, this awe of discovery in a way. But then as soon as we find out that yeah. there's some sort of human component to it, it becomes evil and wrong. But like Right. And and then in general, just men's reactions to women in this movie are so fascinating to me. Like, Robert is a buttoned up plastic surgeon. He has a really like everything in this movie, there's so many clean lines in Robert's life, you know. Like it's a beautiful palatial estate and everything from down to his like home, his home uh, surgery center, which was pretty fascinating. Uh, Again, like (laughs) I feel like if you're looking at that as a contract, you're like, oh, is this right next to your uh, weird dungeon area that looks like every other dungeon in every other town in the world? Copy that. That's I know.
0: I know it started as a clinic. But the fact that no realtor or anything is like, yeah, this can get transitioned into dungeons so easy. You know? <laughs> this guy's getting a lot of cockroaches at the local buggery. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, so to me, the, the and but every man's reaction to when, like Tiger King and Robert have the same reaction to their, uh, well, the housekeeper who ends up is actually their mother. They have the same very like strong, immediate emotional reaction. And I mean, Again, there's no... Gr-
0: it's just dismissive shittiness, yeah. Yeah,
1: there's no greater... I, I love the scene where uh he walks in... Like, where Robert walks in on Tiger King having sex with Vera. And, like, first off, again, this is another... There's no version of this movie that is as impactful or interesting that's American, by the way. Like, again, my wife and I talked about it for 20 minutes. Like, is there a way to make this an American movie? I'm like, no. Because you lose there's so
0: many, it hits on too many taboos. There's so many taboos.
1: And also just like, there's so much to unpack within the like parallels. Like there's so much to unpack within the parallels of like, yes, gender dynamics, uh, the trans community situation, the trans community conversation in general that comes up with this. But then on top of that, the power dynamics of women and men, the power dynamics of a relationship between a mother and a son, a mother and son. That's not even revealed. Like, There's so many. Well imagine
0: this, right? Here's a great scene to that point, right? The the mother actually pulls the gun out. Yeah. Right? And points it at Tiger King, her own son. Mm -hmm. Powerless to do anything against it. She can't do it. Even though he is a gigantic, you know, piece of shit. But her son can immediately. And he can put on his finest burying a dead bother body leather coat and just go handle that. Like it's not even a big deal, right? Uh, you know, he never feels threatened until someone, and that is the shift at the end of the movie mm-hmm. where we see Vera, who was a man who's been crafted into this skin, saves Robert from bad haircut science festival guy, right, and then is able to actually wield the gun and take him on, yes, and then even kills the mother, right, another woman. Why do you? So I think that I think that shift of yeah. Who has the power? Because, like, even Tiger King just sees her, and he just fucking licks the TV like a real piece of shit. Real creep. And he's just like, we used to have an affair. I left you for dead. I'm glad he put you back together. We're going to hump on this floor. And just assaults her. Well, here... I have Right? Like, that's just his right. I have a
1: question for you. Do you... What do you think it meant when, uh... Is the housekeeper's name the mother, uh... Maricelia, I don't know, I don't know what her name is, to be honest with you, but when she falls (laughs) to the floor after Vera shoots her, by the way, not looking, okay, I'm just saying this right now, great shot, she wasn't even looking under the cover, she just fucking fired the gun and shot the housekeeper,
0: oh dude, the old under the bed with the gun, that was an amazing move,
1: great move, but when she falls and says I knew it, what is, I was trying to decipher, like, I have a couple different interpretations, but I want to know what you thought. What does that mean exactly?
0: Yeah. I I think she knew that this work would be his undoing, right? Okay. She she asked for the mercy killing early in the film, right? right? Like, you need to have the guts to kill her. Again, because only men in this movie have the power to do these things. Right. And she's like, you need to put it out of its misery, Kill kill her, you know, those kind of, like, Talking points, you know, doesn't see her as human, just kill her, right? This has gone too far. Right. Uh, you know, and again, it's, she's probably a bit repulsed to see her son, who she thought had done well, you know, kind of devolving into this monster, what he's doing to this, right? you know, Vincente and Vera. And so that, that was my take is that, but what I honestly thought about it is not only that his work would destroy him, but the fact that he had bonded his love to it. Right. Well, that right? Was, see, so see, that's that, what to I me thought. is the difference when she goes, that's what I knew.
1: Right. I, my interpretation of it was simply that she, uh, she saw history repeating itself because yeah. this woman had already destroyed their relationship once or so she thinks like, you know, there's two sides to every story, but the way she sees it, she's a protective mother. She saw this woman destroy her her son already once, so she knew it was going to happen again. That to me is what she why she said it—not necessarily that she knew it would be his undoing, but that history would repeat itself resolutely this
0: time. Right. Well, this this brings up one of the bigger questions I had in the movie, which is, do you the the trigger for his romantic entanglement to me is somewhat that the him wanting to have sex with Vera after all they've been through, right? Right. I kind of have a twofold question, which is, when I first saw it, it struck me as odd that when he gets back from burying the dead body of Vera's rapist, he's like, hey, let's go up to my room and, uh, you know, bang it out. You're like, that seems wildly inappropriate and horrible. (laughs) Granted, he treats this, you know, person like property. So it's a little on brand. As the movie unfolds, right? I had two questions, which is, when did his love for her truly start? We do see him spying on her. I mean, the fact that he crafted the body so meticulously to be his ex wife's, to me, that shows the love, period. But then there's this also this kind of subtle, cynical thought in my head, which is, did he need to drag her upstairs to that room right away to prove that he could one up the tiger King who had already done this him. So is it like a manpower display? I don't know. Cause it, it, he plays it. I mean, the fact that he makes it look like his ex wife, to me, baseline shows love and romance to me, right? That even if he's mad at her and fate took her away and she cheated. Sure. But then you're like, to me again, I keep saying romance and love, or is it, I will bring you back to life like God so that I can torment you. More. See, that's
1: where I land on it. That's yeah, absolutely how I figure. how I like,
0: like a sick twist. That's 100% of how
1: yeah. I interpreted this. Like, I, I think that longing and love are very different than what's happening here. And while I talked about it earlier in the pod, I think that deeper into the movie and especially afterwards, what you can interpret as longing and love and missing someone that was your partner for robert really what it ends up being is about raising the dead and raising and then desecrating the dead like i think that's like kind of this and it is this weirdly psychosexual um really like really violent metaphor for how you feel when someone breaks up with you when someone decides to when someone sides, I mean, granted, I don't think anybody's ever done this when they get broken up with, but, you know, I, I don't want to assume, but I hope not. Um, but
0: what you mean, go full dungeon genital mutilation. Yeah, that's not an acceptable yeah, way to. That's react not to
1: an breakup. acceptable rea- reaction to a breakup. But like to me,
0: we. but he's reacting to a sexual assault, technically, <laughs> which in that case, more understandable. Sure.
1: But we all go through this sort of we all go through that phase of anger where you're like, I'm mad that this person has left me with all these rotten pieces of fruit in my hands. Mm. Like that's like, that to me is like, that's the moment in the breakup where you have to sit there with everything that you're sitting, that's everything's laying in front of you and everything's laid bare. It's all truth. And that's when you start to internalize this anger and this sort of like hurt. And you're like, why is it my fault? Why am I the one who has to sit here and deal with it? So Robert's character in Robert's character, in that his wife not only uh, was cheating on him, then also was penalized be- by becoming the very thing she hated, which is this hideous. She became something hideous beyond recognition. She became her true self. So,
0: there. Oh, her true self. Look at you.
1: <laughs> but Robert's always. But to me,
0: I will say this: anyone who would fuck the Tiger King from this movie. <laughs> You got you got some baggage, right? You got some. But skeletons. I mean, Robert
1: to me yeah. is always Robert to me has always <laughs> been the benefit. Like Robert is a selfish character simply because he is a plastic surgeon. He's meticulously his clothes are meticulously meticulously lined. Like he's not a showy person. He wears a lot of muted colors. Like he's never dressed particularly fascinating. It's pretty much black, gray, and you know white through most of his uh, attire. So. For him to sort of go this extreme with not just his revenge, but a revenge fantasy of bringing your wife back from the dead, essentially, just to fuck with her. Mm. That is. Yeah. I mean, that's another level. That's another level of sadism, but also another level of like getting back at the one that you the one that hurt you. Yeah. That is just like, again, it's, it's not an American audience concept. where.
0: Yeah, for sure. But that's why I think this becomes so great mm-hmm. when you find it is because it's it is so it just plays differently at every turn. Right. Uh, I did wonder a little bit, right? Because we see the scene when uh, Vicente is becoming Vera, and all the dresses are brought in. He shreds all the dresses, right? Yeah. As if he, even though he is in this woman's body now, he is rejecting the notion of becoming this guy's ex-wife, right? Because There has to be a part of Vera or Vicente, another scene that we didn't truly get, where he's like, wow, the doc is really, like, you know, making me look not too horrible, right? Because if you're a plastic surgeon, there's a way to just deform this guy, right? He already saw his wife burned and whatever. There are ways to hurt this man and keep him alive and make him deformed and unable to return into society, Right. right? There is a, a version of this where he has to know that, like, wow, he's like, like, why did he put zippers on my boobs? Because he wants to look at them all the time because he's a fucking creep. He's liking this. Yeah. And so playing with that becomes really interesting to track throughout the movie. But it also struck me as, wow, so he's making this man who he's trying to punish into this beautiful woman entrusting her to go back out into the world. After she was just accosted in his home, why does he let her go back? Is it literally just that he thinks he has so snapped her and dominated her and, you know, snuggling after an assault is really... Like, does he really, really think that he's won at that point?
1: Yes. I mean, again,
0: it's... That seems crazy to me, well, right? I mean, to me, it doesn't. It's almost as if he thinks he pulled her through the TV, and now he has her back in his bed. Well, and it that seems his cra- creation is complete. It seems
1: crazy to us because we're watching this unfold. It's not crazy to the character because this is a guy who's literally pissed in God's eye, and like the hubris in this man is shocking. Like that to me is yep. that to me is the thing that I, sure. I always come back to because I agree. Like I'm like, there's no way. He would just let her out and be like, oh, it's fine. Have a great time. You know, go buy a bunch of dresses, buy a bunch of shit you like. There's no way that he would let her out not thinking he totally dominated and totally beat the Vicente out of her.
0: But well, like also every shopping mall has that weird knife store. You're like, you can't let her just go like willy nilly shopping around. And so that's that is the thing, because at the end, when she finally turns on him, right. I believe his last line in the movie is but you promised And I was like, What a fucking absolute oblivious dickbag thing to say is after all we've been through. He's like, Hey, what you did and what I did are equally as bad. Uh I thought we were on Scout's Honor. But that's and looks honestly shocked, like caught off guard to me that he's being murdered. I mean, in his
1: bedroom. But, I, but to me, I also think that that is not necessary. He's not necessarily saying that to Vicente or Vera. I think he's saying that to.
0: Oh, you think he's saying it to past I wife. think he's
1: saying that to Gail.
0: Oh. Wait, who's Gail? Gail's his original wife, yes. That's the wife, yeah. So you think he's talking to this. I think creation that's, and not the person that's still inside. Well, I think, oh, I like, that, I think that's dude.
1: the reality that's he lives in. That's the reality he decides yeah, to man. lock into is that this is like Vera is the wife. So Vera is this version of his, this idealized version of his wife. It's, she's subservient. She's loyal. She needs him. Yeah. So for her, for him to die saying, but you said you promised, like you, you promised me that to me says that he is so locked into the fantasy now. And he has completely forgotten that anything he's done, he's decided to block right. this out and he's decided to only right. serve, th- serve the purpose of being happy in this moment. So, yeah,
0: just because she helped him with the bad haircut guy. Now I'm fully in snuggle time. Yeah. Cause that, that, that did strike. I I like him talking to his ex wife. This is the final question. on like this whole reveal i think we need to address is what to me the question becomes i don't know maybe we already talked about but like when does he start to know that he's getting caught right if this is the way to go back and do that like when does he know that his game has gone awry like when does this go from just humiliating like here's dresses you can rip up here's this when does it flip on him do you think
1: I'm not sure he ever knows. I I honestly don't think he ever has that moment of like, oh, the game's changing now. Like, I I think it's all sort of part of it. I mean, to me, I mean, to me, the game is over once he peels off the uh, compression mask that's reshaped Vicente's face. Like, now we're in the second phase of this where he's trying to recreate
0: Gale yeah i think we i think we kind of covered all that I'm trying to feel i feel like there's one well no but that like but, little hiccup that we missed, and I don't know if there's there is a perfect answer but
1: that's what I'm talking but i mean that's what i I'm guess that's is, like, the question is that to me is yeah. the end of the that that to me is the end of the revenge i think revenge is very short lived yeah. because again for me like the Almodovar of it all is what always strikes me, because to me, Revenge is such a simple concept for Almodovar movies. And he does such a good job of making these movies that are complex, complex telenovelas. Like everything seems very hyper real and very over dramatized. But at the same time, I feel every emotion that I'm watching on screen. So to me... That is like the most important thing is that this revenge has to go away. Once you have your revenge, you've turned this person into a woman against their will, by the way. So what you've decided to do is already done. So now the real story begins, which is like, how do I turn this person from being? I've already turned this person from one being to another. How do I turn this being into the being that I needed or wanted the entire time? How do I get yeah, what man. I how do I get what I was promised?
0: Yeah, and that, that really reinforces this lack of control that a lot of characters face. Yeah, I dig that. I I don't know. I mean, I, I just felt it was so well played and it was taught and interesting. And then I, I love the final scene. Yeah. And again, this was the American in me. The only I loved him Vincente escaping and walking up to the dress shop in the fear he feels even walking in right Mm -hmm. this is his new reality yeah and i love that the one thing i wanted though the one absolute scene and i i watched it a couple times because i think they played it but i think they did exactly it wasn't super american for me it wasn't a close-up right they played it very subtle but i wanted when the mom walked in to see her child in the eyes. Right. I wanted that moment. Yeah, of I, that's, that's definitely euphoria. something I'm surprised. And I because there is a moment where she somewhat like furrows the brow yeah. and kind of leans in like, what the, f-? you know, but I, I, wanted that. But again, it's like you said, right? Like a lot of these movies, what make them very good versus are it's, it's not these pretty bow endings because whatever happens in that moment, right? We don't see it, but either the mother is going to accept this story and, Oh, my God. Like, imagine accepting this story. Like, I have my kid, but what happened? Jesus Christ, we lost all these years in yeah. whatever trauma Vera is going to experience now, having been traumatized again. Um, you know, even knowing that somewhat his actions led to this event, that's still a lot to fucking process and all this. Or the other ending that we don't possibly see is the mom saying, get the fuck out of here. Get, this guy wanted revenge on you, right. and he made you look like you walked out of a fucking Vogue magazine. Get out of here! And so, I don't know, but I I wanted I think a cool ending would have been to just see that like she knows right now whether she's happy about it or accepts because the thought that all of this happens and Vera spends the rest of her life walking around unseen right is scary, but that's what the movie kind of shows us throughout. But I think that's the thing is this movie is just – it's fascinating. It's masterfully laid out, mm-hmm. constantly zigging when you think it's zagging. Um, I, I honestly – my jaw was on the floor when this was over. I was like, this was such an amazing movie ride, and I cannot believe for the life of me that I missed it or someone didn't say, Griffy, that will be your favorite yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm surprised you slept on it so, too, man. Like long it ago. It seems like
1: right up your yeah, alley. Yeah, it's,
0: it's so right up my alley. It's my favorite by far of the fan submissions. It's just perfectly Definitely. targeted at my brain. It's fascinating, too. And I think this is I, I I love it, man. I think
1: this is also our first Spanish language movie we've watched. So Is it really? Yes. Hmm.
0: I'll be honest okay. with you, man. We this got to Norway before makes we got me to think Spain. we might
1: have to do an entire month of Almodóvar movies cuz you need to cool, unpack. Real
0: highfalutin.
1: You need to unpack <laughs> all these flicks cuz some of his stuff is some of his stuff is literally made for you and the fact that you haven't watched hey, so we of got is amazing. we got
0: picks every month dude we'll find a way well, we'll did he make it. a kung fu movie that's all I need.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i love this yeah movie. it is I, weird when again, you like he, watch
0: so many movies and you're in your and you just realize you have big blind spots yeah and that is truly one of the joys of doing fan I, I,
1: I, i'm so glad we did this like honestly this is one of those ones that i knew i needed to watch of his oeuvre and i'm so glad someone made us watch it because honestly this is just it was so much fun to watch. It was so great, so yeah. thrilling, so brutal, and honestly, Oeuvre. shocking.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is a great word for this, shocking. Uh, that's it, guys, for the skin I live in. Thanks again to Edith. What a fantastic pick. A plus. Uh, Glad to add this to the library of Film Alchemist shows. Again, please take a second and leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcast app. It helps us out a lot uh you can find us on youtube nerd alchemist plural with an s at the end find us on all your socials and email the show film alchemist pod at gmail.com all right we've got a couple more uh to get to for uh fan selection month so thank you stay tuned for all the fun for the film alchemist i'm josh Grip.
1: i'm alex Dantina.